I feel like that's part of what makes Rodeo special, too, is that we are pretty accessible. This is the Super Bowl for our brands, too. The companies that stick with you through the years you're injured or your bad seasons, and they got your back. You can go out there and at their biggest event, too, and show some face and get some excitement around the clothes you wear, the boots you wear, the knives you skin your deer with, whatever. Like, Because that's kind of the job, too. Like, It's, it's all engulfed together. All right, man. Thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, it's 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 wild because I've been watching your ride for a long time, and and we live what fifty miles apart, but never actually met you. So, yeah, small world, really. Yeah, um, yeah. Rodeos, rodeos, one of those things. I, I tell people, um, especially the more like the more professional athletes have turned into bitches. Uh, the more I've just like decided <laughs> that rodeo is like between rodeo and I think hockey, it's about the only two sports I can hardly watch anymore. And I was a big sports fan, man. Like part of it, I'm, I'm so busy now. I hardly watch anything. And I've got also a 15 year old boy. And so I'm just like, Hey, who's good. Who's, who's, yeah. who's good in the NFL or who's good in whatever. And he, he's nonstop into all that. But, um, I see a guy in the NBA get like fouled. You watch LeBron get fouled and fall down like a whiny bitch and want, you know, cry on the floor. And then you see the replay and it's like, dude, like your three-year-old daughter will hit you harder in the face. <laughs> Seriously. You know? Yeah. The, and I watch you guys, you get out of time on a horse uh, with your hands stuck in the, in the rigging and you just get ragdolled around and go limp off. And guess what? You got to drive eight hours to do it again tomorrow and yeah at least with uh, half concussed <laughs> <laughs> we've they've gotten better about keeping an eye on concussions so we're pretty good at uh monitoring each other you know if your traveling partner gets knocked out you're like all right like i'll take this first shift i guess get some rest or <laughs> yeah. whatever it is but yeah it just doesn't i feel like from the time you start if you want to ride if you want to rodeo at all there's no that's just part of it like you just accept that imagine in hockey you accept it that you're probably gonna have to get in a fight you're probably gonna get checked in the boards like Mm -hmm. that's just it's just on the waiver when you sign it um I don't obviously to have a professional career and a long successful one you've got to avoid those injuries nobody wants to get hurt nobody wants to get banged up there's a certain level of it that you just build the tolerance to and you just get used to it well and you do need you do need at some point somebody to take the decision out of your own hands because whether it's ego, pride, uh, desperation, financially, you know, the standings, like at a certain point, it is good to have somebody say, hey, bud, you're not, you're not freaking going. Like, Especially yeah. in, a, in our sport where it's, we kind of pride ourselves on being tough yeah. and cowboying up and, and doing the job no matter what. And I even shoot, I think the last, my last ride or what was going to be my last ride of the regular season, I didn't even get to nod my head. I climbed in the buck and shoot, slid up, was about to nod and horse reared up and got through the neck rope and put that rigging handle right in the middle of my chest. Obviously it didn't feel good and couldn't breathe. So I got off and just pain here in my chest, pain directly between my shoulder blades. So it just kind of folded me up in the back against the, the buck and shoot and went in there and like, pulled my shirt off chest started swelling immediately and uh the shoot boss comes in he's like hey if you want the re-ride we'll bring him back during the bronc ride and so that's 15 minutes you know and I was like oh like 
obviously I need this. I need to win to make the finals. Um, and I asked the, <laughs> the sports med doctor, I was like, what do you think? And he's like, put your chin down. And I went to chuck my chin, and it got about right there. I was like, he goes, you need to go get an X-ray, like CT scan something, because you don't want to mess. There's a lot of important stuff under there. And at that point, it's like as badly as I wanted to secure my trip to the national finals. Yeah. What's that do for my career if yeah. I go get on them and something really bad happens? So right. just having someone there to go, hey, like, yeah, in my professional opinion, and a guy that's seen a lot of Cowboys and seen a lot of injuries and kind of has an idea what we can handle, that makes a, a big difference when it's not your decision anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and especially, too, with the head stuff. I mean, obviously, with the knockout stuff and whatnot, like the longevity of, of life and – you know, the head injury stuff, um, you know, it is, it is good, but it is also as a fan fucking badass when you, <laughs> when you see some guy just absolutely get the shit kicked out of him. And then somehow, you know, the next night he's on again and, and qualified ride, like yeah. makes a whistle. And it's just like, God dang, like that's awesome. You know? Um, and the same thing in hockey. I mean, you watch those guys, uh, that if you see a guy get help to get off the ice, he is truly in a bad way. Like, he is hurting bad. Those guys skate off the damn ice. Um, uh, it's a pride thing. Like, now th- they might collapse right behind the boards and lay there for t- 10 minutes and get, get help, but they skated off the ice. Yeah, 100%. You know, same thing with you guys. You you, you walk off the dirt and, and get through the gate, and then it's like, okay, I'm hurt. Yeah, if you, you see the stretcher or anybody needing – multiple people helping him out, Yeah, you know it's serious, especially in – yeah, I, I've seen the same – I've seen some bad things, like, look really bad, you know, and were really bad and got up and they got up and smiled and obviously were moving quickly right. on whatever air they had left in them to get out of there, but that's right. – it's the same. Like, you don't want to lay there. You're not – you don't want to – that's not the – you don't want to be a spectacle in that way. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh, – you know, it's interesting because back in, like, the Jordan era, basketball, Pistons, bad boys, you know, there was a, there was, like, a man part of you that, like, if Jordan went up and got absolutely hammered by Bill Lambeer to the ground, he was going to jump up, get in that guy's face, and not show any any crack in, in his armor. Yeah. And... And, and nowadays, it's just a giant acting program. It's like they should try out for the freaking show Peter Pan, you know, because they're acting. And then come to find out, you know, you watch the replay, and it was a total flop. The guy never touched him. And, and you also, everyone can see the replay, and you, you look like a bitch. I, I just, uh, <laughs> it bothers me. I, I could see it on the side of uh, getting a penalty to, to help the team. But yeah. the fact that I would have a hard, hard time being the one that had to fake it. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing in the NFL when you some guy gives you a little shot and you you know you you, you flop and the ref throws the flag and then you jump up and you're like, "Ah, yeah. Got, gotcha. Gotcha." <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um but it's just gotten too carried away especially in the NBA, you know. Um, 100%. Yeah, it's just crazy in the whining. But uh no, with uh so with the national finals, those are coming up in what? 2 or 3 weeks? Yeah, 3 just right around 3, I think. Yeah. Uh, Starts so, so the seventh. Explain to people. I think a lot of people listening to this may not necessarily follow rodeo. Uh, you know, we we live in a part of the country where rodeo happens quite a bit. That's kind of a summer thing to do to go check your local rodeo out. 
how is it that you, I mean, because the, the national finals rodeo is basically kind of like, I can, uh, it's like the equivalent of March madness, right? Like a bunch of cowboys there and you're all competing to, to be the last man standing as far as like win, win the championship. Yeah. So we start, uh, October one actually starts the, the season and it goes to the last day of December. And that's your regular season. So, so October 1st, yeah, so, so it actually starts so tw- before the 2024 finals. season has started. Oh, wow. And we're wrapping up the 23 final or the 23 year in December. Uh, it's always like that. There's always that two month break, um, which off topic, my wife said was a competitive figure skater and she went to the Olympics and she, every year she's like, it's so crazy to me that you guys go all year rodeo and then you take a two month break before the biggest, like, yeah, most important thing. Like most seasons just go right up, maybe a week break, boom, right into the final match or game or whatever By it week is. And then go. Yeah. Um, so, it, <laughs> and I, most years I agree this year I was pretty banged up. So I was pretty glad I had the, the time off, but essentially it's the top 15 money earners in each event through the regular season advance to, uh, the national finals it's some years it comes down to our point systems money won so it comes down to pennies sometimes uh, in some events so uh it's it's tough this is my eighth time there uh every year I tell every you know what's it like you you feel like you you got it figured out you can make the finals and you get every year you get a, a new poker hand and yeah. just you never know and you just got to play that hand the right way throughout the year some years are Seem easy. Some years are tough. Um, yeah. Well, and you know, every year you're getting older, and every year those those there's a new crop of young hungry studs coming in. Yeah. Wanting your spot. And there's a I think out of out of the fifteen, five of them are first timers this year. Really. Like, I don't think one of them is over twenty two. You know, those they rank. They ride really, really good, and they've grown up watching kind of how rodeo changed into a sport more mm-hmm. than that drinking, fighting cowboy stuff. Right. Now, Nutrition, training, technique. 100%. There's, you know, they're, they've been working on it since middle school. Yeah. And have been watching riding progress and the sport's getting better and better. And, I mean, that's what you, you want to see. I mean, I'm, I'm ha- happy to be a part of it and have had been a part of that change. Uh, now it's just keeping my name in the hat. <laughs> yeah. Have, have you changed the way you – um, all the way through, have you changed the way you prepare, the way you, you get ready for a particular event or the season, um, even your technique? Have, have you made changes with based on all of that? or you know? Yeah, definitely can't stay out, out all night partying and then go kick their ass the next day. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's it. Uh, I kind of had my first year was like that. It didn't matter what I did. I was winning. It was one of those unreal, awesome all the way through the NFR, I think I finished up third in the world. And then to try and replicate that, I didn't even make the finals the next year. Really? You know, and that <clears throat> I realized that while I was out partying and having still living it up, thinking it, that was the way it was going to work, all the rest of the guys were in the gym. They were eating right. They were really working at it. And I'd go sit there and watch the NFR for 10 nights after being there. And I was like, I how'd that feel? never want to feel that again. Yeah. You know, but it, but it did light a big fire. Uh, I think I went the next six years in a row before I had a neck injury that, that took me out last year, but it's changed a lot. You know, it's uh, like even today, you know, I 
getting used to having a little one and stuff that's got to get done and come up here and visit you and like still got to get in the gym when I get home, you know? Yeah. Somebody's at home. I know those guys are working right now. Right. So, uh, I feel like that's, that's what drives support and that's, what's going to make it even better. And it's making me better. Um, I don't feel like 30 or 31 is kind of the, the end game for me. I think I got quite a few years left. So I think you just get smarter and you, mm-hmm. you learn how, what works for you. And like I said, it changes every year, you know? Do you still have, um, you know, so you're going for your eighth time. Uh, you know, I, I, five, five guys in your guys' group right now are probably sitting here two weeks out right now, um, twitching, twiddling their thumbs, pacing, butterflies, uh, like dream, dream of their life is about to come true to go to the finals and, and have that gate open. Um, what are, what's, what's, how do you feel today? Like, do you still get those butterflies and that anxiety? Do you, um, how do you, how do you feel now versus two weeks out of your first time? Uh, I feel like the first time you don't know what to expect. You're just excited. Obviously you're nervous, but that all kind of hits when you get there that first night to ride and it builds all day really. I mean, from the time you get to Vegas, but I feel like every year after that gets worse just because yeah. you, you know what it, what it's like you know, you're later, maybe later in life and you just have more, you, you know what it means, I guess, you know, and what it can do for you. So you put a little more pressure on yourself, but yeah, honestly this year I haven't <laughs> talked to my brother. He goes, man, you've never gone in this low before. I was like, I've never been 15th. Right. He goes, well, on the plus side, you can't leave there any lower than that. Right. Yeah. So, that's you, true. so you might as well send it and might as well go for it. Yeah. Uh, so that part's exciting. Um, I don't have the anxiety of, you know, trying to hang on to something or, you know, I don't want to. Yeah. If you go in second or third and you're like, God, I, I, that dude rides, I have to ride. Yeah. I'm like, so I close. can't make a mistake. Like going in now, can't say it. Not, I don't know that it's impossible. I don't even know where the stands are. I'm not saying it's impossible to win the world, but like probably, probably unlikely that you win the world. But like you say, you could go have an amazing week and really come out of that feeling like you really had a hell of a week down there. Exactly. That's, I was, me and my wife were on a walk the other day and she, you know, same, same deal. How are you feeling? What are you thinking? And I was like, man, I just went on, I was watching all my previous NFR tests. I was like, there's a lot of good rides in there and I'm, I'm proud of them. And but like, you kind of got to watch a few years and really pick individual rides to find ones that I'm like, man, that was badass. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I want to go make a highlight reel a 10 round high highlight reel this year. If it goes, you know, I might get whipped down, whatever, but yeah, I got nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to play it safe. Exactly. So that, that part excites me. Um, just kind of going in there a little more free than normal. And I, one thing this year, which was, was huge is that I didn't realize I had a bulge disc in my neck for, I don't know how long, uh, we caught it when it was a 70% compression of my spinal cord. Um, and really just had some, like, trap pain. My was kind of losing some strength in my upper body. And, like, the second on it was if I was on an airplane and we took off, my hands would just go numb. And we'd descend and they'd come back. Hmm. And uh, so I go in there and they called me, like, four hours after my MRI, which is usually a day or two days after you hear back. So I knew it wasn't good. And, you know, we got to fuse that vertebrae. You're done for the year. And I went back to watch and. And at that point, I was really, like, kind of bitter. Just because I wasn't getting marked. I thought I was making good rides. 
and I, you know, give it a few months off and I start coming back watching film and I'm like, God, no wonder they didn't mark me. Like really, I was not riding like I thought I was. Yeah. And then I started watching tape back, you know, every year prior. And it was like, I just kind of progressively started changing in my riding style. And I think it was just my body compensating for that, yeah. that disc. And, um, so to take that time last year and then really focus on getting back to a riding style that's competitive and, and works, you know, obviously to maintain my neck, uh, yeah. moving forward. So really focused on that. And that there were some growing pains this year, you know, uh, missed opportunities, just trying to work on stuff. And mm-hmm. I feel like I've got that a bit more dialed now. So I'm, I'm excited. I feel really good. That's awesome. How, how did that, how was that like, okay, you go through a neck fusion. Um, boy, it's tough to like ease into a bucking horse. I mean, I mean, I know there's, there's definitely worse ones than others, but how, how is that turning out for the first time coming back from neck surgery and like the nerves of that? I mean, you're not talking about an arm or a shoulder. It's your freaking neck. Yeah. Um, I gave it, I think it was maybe seven and a half months and, uh, actually Wade Sankey, he loaded up one of his nicer horses for me. And, um, I was pretty confident by then I'd bought, uh, ironically on the way to pick up the bucking machine in Sheridan last, I guess last year I got the MRI the next day. So I oh, <laughs> got really? this bug machine was already planning, you know, to make some changes and start, you know, working on stuff. And then boom, got to look at that bucking machine for eight months. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that was actually a big part, uh, coming back. I, have you seen the iron neck? Yeah. Ads. Yeah, so I've, I've seen Rogan talk about them. Yeah. So I, I bought one, um, probably two months out of my first ride and really just, there's really no way to train Yeah, train all those neck yeah. muscles, you know, you can get your core strong and mm-hmm. your upper back and shoulders and stuff, but it was, it was unreal what that really? did just for bulking up. Like you, you kind of need all that muscle and there's nothing, even that doesn't, it takes quite a few rides before you're like, okay, I'm good again. But it, uh, it gave me some security and then getting on the bucket machine, uh, yeah. that thing will snatch on you too. So will it kind of got to put it through the paces and, and then you just gotta, I obviously wear a neck roll and they, we've kind of spent the year fixing and figuring out what works best there. Just, uh, for that protection as far as getting hit in the back and the, the snap on the front. So, so, so that's, I, I, I wanted to get in that cause you're a bareback rider. And for people that don't know, like in, in saddle bronc, you've, you've, you've got a saddle and a rigging and you're, you're, you're hanging onto a, a lead rope. Right. Um, yep. and, uh, you're, you're, sta- you're sitting kind of straight up, uh, and and I can't really necessarily explain it all exactly perfectly, but like when you watch a good saddle bronc ride, it looks like anybody could do it. It's like, geez, that was yeah, like pretty. so smooth and pretty. And it's like, how, how was that 90? Because it looked uh, so under control, right? You watch a 90-point bull ride, and you're like, holy shit. You yeah. know? Um, and sometimes those look smooth. Um, but they also, a lot of times, look smooth and super difficult. Where I, I watch a good saddle bronc ride, and I'm like, guy's in a rocking chair. Just like, no problem, right? Yeah. Hops off, and no big deal. And then you watch a a, a, a winning bareback ride and you watch in slow motion and that the 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 head snap the 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 head hitting on the ass of the horse um it's freaking violent it's just unbelievably violent (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then you watch one that doesn't go well 
and it's just an absolute train wreck, uh, yeah. you know, getting out of timing. How, how do you, how does your, and obviously you just said you had, you had neck surgery, but how, how do you guys put up to that? You know, the head hitting the back of the horse and that snap, um, pain tolerance. God. <laughs> uh, it, it honestly, I think there's just, there is so much adrenaline, um, is there some timing to it that As, you can so, kind of absorb so, some yeah, of that? Yeah, in all of your rough stock events, you, bull riding bareback and saddle wrong, it's all about timing. That's why I've smiled every time you said, you know, the guys lose their timing because that's exactly what it is. You know, that's the biggest thing. Uh, you, if you ever watch it on TV or whatever, you hear them talk about the mark out, and that's just getting your feet in the horse's neck uh, before – their front feet hit the ground. Yeah, kind of so, over the points of their shoulders, yeah, yeah. right? So, and that's that gives the horse the head start. But in the bareback riding, that is that is a must. Like if you're if you're sitting even on a on a saddle horse and yeah. you're sitting still and you don't have a hold of anything, even if you're holding on to their mane and you're bareback and that horse jumps and goes. Right. Same thing. We're laid back a bit more, but if I nod and that horse leaves and I don't put my feet in their neck, it's all on my arm. Yeah. Second they take my arm, my hips come back, I don't have my feet, and I'm, I lose all my leverage. So mm-hmm. the reason it's called bareback is we try to lay back, yeah. keep our hips up close to our rig, and keep our feet in front of us, and that's your feet are your brakes and your steering. So as long as your feet are in that horse's neck every jump before they hit the ground, you're going to be able to stop yourself from going forward when they hit on their front end and kick. Sure. So you can stay back. And then if they have a direction change to the left or direction change to the right, you get that start of that jump to at least turn your body that way. Then your feet come, and when the spurring actually takes pressure off your arm. Okay. So no one's strong enough to hold on to a bucking horse with just their arm. Yeah. If your feet are in front of you and you can drag is what we talk about. So rolling those spurs up the horse's neck – actually brings your butt closer, takes some pressure off your riding arm, and then you get to expose yourself at the top of the jump, put them in their neck, and then you take some of that pressure of the horse on the way down on your feet instead yeah. of on your arm. Okay. Gosh, that makes more sense. I've never asked anybody about that. But inevitably, all the momentum is at the top, so you, yeah. get, you get the chin. Yeah. And it's just training, and some of them are just going to – get it from you so yeah oh well i mean you see some of those sankey pro rodeo and you know those uh you know those guys as horses phenom genetics those guys as horses um some of the, some of the, the the power like in that eliminator pin the the power of those horses and i mean even the weakest horse at the nfr is strong but i mean holy shit the difference between some of those really nice horses to ride and then some of those ones with this the most power the big you know jerk and pull and drop and and then change in direction I mean, holy shit yeah they're called eliminators for a reason <laughs> yeah and it, it's amazing when you watch the top 15 riders in the world ride and mo- most of those horses and most of those guys will ride i mean making the whistle is is kind of expected yeah um at, at, at that level yep. at the nfr on the best horses and the best riders like you, you go in there expecting to see a guy make the whistle and and then when you watch an eliminator pin, four or five, sometimes you know two or three of the guys in the top five, uh, 
bailing off a horse th- three or four seconds in, that shows you just how incredible those horses are. Oh, and because th- those guys, you guys know what's coming. Oh yeah, <laughs> shoot, we picked them. You know, that's the thing. We 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 decide which ones go and yep. which ones go together, and we don't we don't pick the easy ones, especially in that round. You know, we <clears throat> pick the we try to pin them all kind of at their level. Yeah, who we, who decides? Because I remember talking to to uh, Wade and Matt. They talk about it's it's the riders that that vote on the horses that should go to the NFR but who picks how they go into like the eliminator pen so we we set them we we start with a you know how many hundreds of horses get nominated and then we go through and we pick the best 105 horses on that list and okay. our and our as a group of 15 bareback riders we're on a conference call I don't know how many times before we get it done, uh, it seems like that call gets longer and longer. Really, just because the horses keep getting better and better, and just it's, debating. It's tough decisions. Um, and you know, some guys really don't like some, and some don't care. And I never asked Matt or Wade. Do, do the do the eliminator pin horses get paid just a little bit more? Or those nope. guys, nope. they they get paid the exact same. <clears throat> I mean, they might get paid more like at a rodeo throughout the year. I don't know. Uh, but I'm fairly certain they get the same amount per head, no matter what pin they go in. Sure. And so anyway, we just take that list and we go. Here's our. Here's the easiest twenty. Here's the easiest. You know, the next twenty. Here's the absolutely hardest twenty-five. We take twenty-five because the eliminators tend to be good once, and not so good the second time. Okay. Um. I don't know why that is, but they've kind of always been like that. We would just always would rather bring five more of them okay, and have them be awesome once and then take the whatever's going to be kind of, you know, going to be that weaker. And the next time we bring five more to to compete with those, you know, other 15 really good ones. So. Yeah, and, and Wade and those guys know their animals so well. I mean, I'm sure they'll say like, hey, you buck this one here, he's going to probably buck your ass off and give you a good run, but don't buck him again. Yeah, exactly, like, and that's that's exactly right. A lot of those guys, you know, <clears throat> sometimes we bring a younger horse, mm-hmm. and that's hard. That place is hard on them. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's about as big as this room, and they're blowing fireworks off and the lights, and, you know, those horses have to stand there and be – you know, kind of on a time clock, we have to be able to get it in and out on, on them and they need to be able to leave the arena and, and all these things that you're asking a lot of a five or six year old horse, even right. if they deserve to be there. And you, you know, get a couple of those. We really want to take a chance on and we take them. We talk to the owner and say, Hey, you know, what do you think? And they're buck them early and buck them once, you know, right. don't, you know, we, we won't buck them a second time and we just kind of account for that. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. That is the one thing I've been amazed. I've never been to the actual rodeo at the NFR. Um, it's been actually 15 years since I was even in Vegas during that, but I was just down there working, helping, uh, you know, Nick Salter, yeah. uh, helping the Roper booth guys down there years and years ago. But uh, I've never been to the rodeo, but watching it on TV every year, uh, it's amazing how efficient they are at getting animals in and out and rides going. And then And then you'll go to some of these local, like, nra rodeos or whatever and it's just like watching the pickup men is the actual event exactly like trying to get a you know and and a lot of that has to do with the stock contractors and the stock they have and trying to get these damn horses out of the arena and then they chase them around an arena the size of the freaking kentucky derby racetrack (laughs) they're just doing laps around they're like oh my god you know yeah and that's i mean that's kind of the part of 
you know, your normal rodeo. That's And here it, you are it sitting on a horse time. ready to go. Yeah. Ready to turn out, ready to nod, and they spend another five minutes jacking around. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a – that happens quite a few times a year, you know, where you're amped, ready to go, and one just won't leave, you know. And you're like, come on. But that's just – that's just part of it. Uh, down there, it's a different ball game. It is we. We have to be on our horse with our hand in the rigging before the horse before us leaves the arena. Really? Or there, you go on a list and they, they send you a nice bill in the mail. Really? Yeah. So it's they I find mean, you. It's a production. So uh, we have to run that thing off fast and. Um, take care of business and there's no, no lollygagging. So yeah, it's a, we have to have our hand. That's a, that's amazing to me because they're, you're kind of changing the way you've done it all year. And also that's your Super Bowl. Yeah. Like if you're not ready or you, you, you think you want to. Within reason. I mean, yeah. it's it, the, the judges are back there and, and they're watching and if your horse isn't moving, you know, he won't roll. He's laying down where you're trying to pull him. He's, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And, it's obviously out of your control, right. and they're not going to write you up for that. But if you can't tie your glove on and you've been ready for mm-hmm. just because you weren't paying attention or you think you're above it, you know, yeah. and we just keep it moving. Um, I think I forget how fast we buck 15 bareback horses, but it's like, yeah, right around 10 or 11 minutes. Yeah, which is <laughs> crazy. quick. Yeah. You know, I, I did, I mentioned uh, these guys, but, um, w- w- one of the things at the Missoula Rodeo that I love watching the most is uh, those pickup men. They uh, Casey Verhelst, do you know him? I do. Um, I don't know the guy that rides with him here in Missoula, but you know the Dodge pickup guys. Uh, you know the guy. It's a guy. It's a guy that's got a giant ranch. Um, is as cowboy as cowboy can get, and he comes in there, and you you watch those horses and those guys. Uh, deal with the bulls that they got to deal with. Watch them deal with getting you guys off of the horses, um, roping horses to get them out of the arena. Some of these arenas, like I know, I know Matt's not a fan of the way that that arena set up because those horses are looking for a center out gate, and there's a gate over here on the side, yeah. and it's hard for them to see. And every arena is different. And uh, watching those guys have to sometimes get those horses or those bulls out of the arena. Um, it's absolutely incredible the speed of what they're riding, uh, and how hard it is even on their horses when they're roping a freaking two thousand pound bull that does not really want to go the direction you want him to go. Um, those guys are absolutely incredible. Hey, they are superheroes, man. They they're incredible. They're so fun to watch too because they're tripping. You know, set a guy down, tripping flanks, throwing them to each other mid ride, like yeah, just, at horse race speeds. Yeah, yeah, they're they're wicked and. And that's the other hard part is we we vote on them too. So yeah. the guys that come to the national finals are obviously between the top, the Bears and the Bronx riders. We mm-hmm. vote, but God, you just wish you could put them on a rotating roster through there because they all deserve to go. You know those guys. You know they they're not just there for the event. They're there working the whole rodeo. You know they most of them have their families with them. You know, yeah, and you watch trailers. you watch him. They'll they'll ride out between between rides or a little something going on, they ride out, he hops off, his daughter takes his horse, he hops on another horse, and he's back in the arena. Uh, kids are getting, you know, their spare ropes ready, you know, out at the out gate, uh, you know, if they have to rope something and drag it in. And, um, you know, they go through, you know, two or three horses in an, in a in, in a 
in a rodeo, you know, and of course he's got younger horses he's, you know, working with and older ones, but, um, yeah, it's a, and you know, they're bringing their own personal horse trailer and several head of horses and, uh, and then those guys also get hurt, but they, they can't check out. I mean, I know they've got backup guys and stuff that can, but, uh, I watched Casey last year. Uh, I have photos and actually video of it, but he was, um, he grabbed the, the lead rope on a, I think it was a, I think it was a saddle bronc horse. Um, he grabs that lead rope and that horse is stretched way out and the thing's kind of still bucking a little bit. And then that horse rears way in the hell up. I mean, straight vertical and comes down right across his, uh, his arm he's got his left arm on the horn of his saddle yep and he's got that lead rope in that right side and the horse comes over the top of the lead rope with his his two front legs and his hooves and whatnot right across Sadie's arm or uh Casey's arm on that on that horse right across the saddle and uh just smashes his arm and and then back off onto the ground and here that some bitch still has his lead rope in his right arm he didn't let go (laughs) and uh dallies the thing up drags him in and i could tell he was kind of hurting and i I went over there after the i was back kind of behind the shoots and i went over there afterwards and i was like how'd that feel and he's like holy shit you see that and i was like (laughs) yeah i saw that he's like that hurt yeah and he's like and then he goes but i didn't let go yeah i "Yeah, I saw that yeah Yeah, those guys uh, are dirty he actually saw he said he saw a pickup man get killed that way um that horse reared up and you know those horse came down on the top of his head yep um scary shit yeah and it happens fast and and this year he was dragging a a a bull into the chutes and that bull was all the way in and that's kind of a it's a shitty way they've got that set up for those guys dragging those horses in here in these old uh pens in missoula and uh dragging that thing in and then that bull right at the last second decided he was going to go back the other direction and you see the smoke come off the horn of that horse of that saddle. And, uh, he had had his hand kind of in there. And I thought he, I was worried right, right when I saw it. Cause I, you know, a lot of people take their eye off of that and I'm watching that yeah. behind back there and he like rips his hand out of there and he's shaking it. And I thought for sure, like oh, he lost a finger for sure. Yeah. And he comes riding back out and he's out in the arena, shaking his hand, looking at his hand. Yep. And it wouldn't have surprised me if he'd have lost a finger, if he'd have finished up doing what he was doing. Oh, 100%. And, yeah. you know, come I've, back out. But he was rope burned to shit. Oh, yeah. I've had yeah, those guys come in, usually during the bronc ride, and that, that hack rein or, or lead rope, you know, it, a horse will set up or whatever happens, and you, they come over and a finger's crooked, and they like, got any tape. Yeah. Put a quick wrap on it. Yeah. Boom, or cut something open. They yeah. do a quick little tape job in between riders and back to work there. The other, the other guys that a lot of times, and obviously they're a little bit more focal part of the, uh, a lot of people don't watch really or pay attention to the, those pickup guys, but the, um, you know, those bullfighters with what they're doing, um, you know, I've become friends with Matt Merritt and Matt's more of the clown. He's more of the entertainer. And yeah. if he's involved, it's shit's really gone South. He, yeah, exactly. you know, he's like that. Oh, you guys can handle yeah. that. But obviously if it, if it's that bad, he will jump in there but you watch like dusty tuckness and those guys um jumping on the top of a bull uh for a bull rider bailing in front of those bulls i mean the athleticism and what they do is i mean actually i think dusty got hurt didn't he break his leg or something last year at the finals? last year at the finals and he's going back he got 
voted to come back again this year. He's he's a uh, yeah, he's the goat. He's one of those you like know? you don't even vote on. It's just he, like, well, okay. What are the other two? Yeah. <laughs> Which really like Cody Webster anymore? Yeah. He's so good. And they're, so who's the, like they're a duo? Yeah, and uh, I think Nate Justice got it this year. But then they fight together as a threesome throughout the year, and they're so fun to watch. Like that's that's the thing too. Those guys, they're in the gym. Like when we go to Houston, they're in they're at the gym every single morning, and I they fight every single perf together. They've got their cold tubs set up outside their campers, and like they're they're in this thing like it's it's dead serious to them, and it, as it as it should be. But it's it's fun to watch, and those guys are. I, I feel like they inspire all of us, no matter what event you're in. You know, they just work so hard at it because they know what's on the line. I mean, they're literally putting their life on the line for a rider. I mean, that guy's knocked out on the ground. Or hurt and can't move. And, I mean, obviously those bull riders do everything they can to get out of there, but at times they don't have a vote. Yep. And uh, you, you watch a guy like Dusty or, or Cody come in, and they'll just sit down on a bull's head and be like, well, here we go. Yep. Or jump on somebody if they're down. See, yep. You know, just take it. So yep. I was actually golfing with Dusty this summer, and I asked him, and I was like, is there, is there a big – you're starting to see, like, bullfighters maybe that – that aren't all the way in, you know, that don't have that mental capacity or that ability to just do the job well, do you see as many of those guys anymore? Um, and he goes, man, with, with TV and videos, everything's on video these days. If if you're looking – if you if you're missing a, a hole or, if you know, you're not you doing your – if you hesitate, people are going to take notice. You know, we, we can't afford that. And, I mean, that's not the job, you know. What's even more amazing to me is that, or, or equally as amazing is, you go a lot of these small town. You, you know, you go to Helmville, Montana, to that rodeo, or you go to Lincoln. Um, you know, those aren't on TV. No, nobody on the big scene really cares. There's no, there's no real fame involved with it, right? And you will see a bullfighter, um, probably getting paid absolute jack shit at those, uh, do the same thing. Right. Yep. Step in there and and do the exact same. And he's not at the finals and he's not on national television and there's no fame or money involved in it. And that guy will also jump on top of a rider or step in there and take a shot. And it's it's, it's amazing because there isn't you know, there you know, there's only a half dozen or a dozen people there that that see that that uh and, and it's not for necessarily the, you know, it, it, it's not for, you know, right or right or Stetson, no. or Stetson right, right? It's, yeah. it's for just some dude from freaking, you know, Houston, Montana. Yeah. Like, no, that's, I, I feel like at the, in the beginning, before you reach this level, it, everyone does this because they, they just love it. You know, yeah. those, those guys at that rodeo, they just love rodeo. They yeah. want to, they love riding bucking horses, whatever level that may be. Yeah. You know, or bulls or whatever it is. And if, you're a bullfighter. I mean, you, all of us started there too, you know, right. at that rodeo. That's that's where it all starts. Is just that yeah. love of it and wanting to do that job well and and get better. And at the same, like the risks in the bull riding. Like if, if you're putting on the bullfighter jersey, that's a that's a heavy jersey. Yeah, like yeah. You're there's a lot asked of you just then when you do that. And 
I don't wouldn't dock. I mean, I'm not the one. I'm not, I'm not going out there. I'm not putting it on, and I wouldn't dock anybody that doesn't want to. But those right. guys that do and do it day in day out, I don't know how many perfs those guys do a day a year, but it's a crazy number of bulls that they get in front of, you know, days and days in a row of it. And and there's probably very few guys that are really making like serious serious money. I mean, game changer money where if you become the best rider in the world or the best the best in the world at or, or even, you know, one of the top ten in the world in in an event with some sponsorship money and some of that. Like, there's definitely a little bit more fame involved in, in – I mean, if you become, you know, Stetson Wright, like, holy shit, you're doing pretty well. But, man, uh, and it's, it's hard in any sport to become a top five, top 15 person in anything whether it's a sport or any anything in the world. But uh, a lot of those bullfighters, like, uh, you know, they aren't necessarily – the show's not about them. Right. Um, and so it's it's amazing. They're truly doing it for the love, which yep. is th- just that much more respect, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and you are signing up for hospital bills. Like, you're oh, going to yeah. have them. Yeah. That's that's not a if-you-get-hurt-game-at-all. Right. Um, which neither is what you do. <laughs> yeah, I really don't feel like any of rodeos safe, you know. It's, no. Somebody who doesn't rodeo, forget a group of buddies on Instagram, like sent a video and it was one of those deals where bull rider comes out and that bull turns back, bucks him off and he lands like perfectly on the out gate. Yeah. And they're like, well, that worked out. Uh, that worked out a lot better than it could have. And I was like, that should be, <laughs> that should be rodeo's slogan. Like, exactly. <laughs> Cause you're just like, man, that was, yeah, that worked out good. Most of the time it's that way. Like, oh, that was close. Yeah. But it worked out. Yeah. But. Yeah. What is it? Uh, is it a bit awkward? Like, I would find it a bit weird or awkward to uh, have pretty much every in the everybody in the country that's a fan uh, uh, be judging you based off of how many dollars you make. Like y- your rankings are literally like your paycheck. <laughs> yeah. You know, which is a little weird. I mean, I know there's other parts of the of rodeo that people maybe don't know as much about with sponsorships and some of that, but like. You're literally judged based off of your income. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very weird. Like, you'd uh, think they would have a point system yeah, like, that's maybe tied to your income, but, like, isn't public. Yeah. It's like, go to the grocery store, and you cash out, and your credit card doesn't work. So, he's back there, like, 111000 He should be able to cover that. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I just gotten used to it. Yeah. I, I wish it was just a point system. I'm, I think they're working on doing that at some point, but it's, I guess it's easy too. like, I'm, you can, I can decide how much money's possibly possible to win here and over yeah. here. And, you know, I guess it would be the same for points. I'm just, I'm used to it. And you just, yeah, I mean, at least with points, it wouldn't just be quite so blatant, but yeah, you know, somebody would have to do a little more digging or. Because also on the opposite end of it, you know, you, you, you see a guy like Stetson that comes in in, in multiple events and, you know, he's obviously going to win, um, you know, all around in the whole nine yards. And it's like yeah. you also see a guy like that. There's definitely no privacy, which, you know, it's hard to feel bad for guys. I mean, obviously, like with the NFL and NBA and all that stuff's really public and, you know, with success, obviously, comes some some drawbacks where everybody knows what you're making and whatnot. Yeah. But I feel like <clears throat> if you want to feel good about what you're doing and how much money you've got, one don't look at what Stetson Wright has won. <laughs> like, yeah, no <laughs> he, shit. Uh, I mean, to be that good at two events, 
Like at 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 twelve years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he, imagine how be, good it would be when he gets into high school. <laughs> if he can pass, <laughs> yeah. I don't know him, but he, he seems like just a great kid. He, he is awesome. You know, he he looks young. He is young. Yeah. Um, but he's he's. I mean, it's hard to call him the goat when you're still like freaking 21 or whatever the yeah. hell he is. But like, he's unbelievable. He is. He's. I mean, he's if nuts. he can, the, the big if he can stay healthy. But he's already just he's already a legend, and he's still got decades literally ahead yeah. of him. I, I don't know the, the healthy talk on stuff happens right. for sure, but everything I'm seeing that kid do is. Like, I just don't see it. I, I mean, I watch him get hurt, get knocked. He's had, you know, concussions, stuff like that. And he just gets on his bowl the next day and kicks your ass. Like, he's just a freak that way. I, uh, I watched him ride uh, on just on TV, whatever, that Cowboy Network or whatever. I watched him in, uh, ride on the, his final bowl ride at the Pendleton Rodeo. And he rides a crazy rink bowl. And then, and then he did this a bunch at the NFR last year. And then he just steps off. Like, yeah. he's getting off a tractor. Yeah, so if you watch, like, I feel like Sage Kimsey did it. Yeah. Does it just as well. And the, and the reason those guys in that, that event, I say Sage is because he's been, been in it longer, and he's managed to stay super healthy and have about seven world titles mm-hmm. just in the bull riding. And I've asked him, how do you, like. How do you time that? Because yeah, you're, like, well, you're literally untying your hand. And it's like he's untying a pair of shoes, and then he's deciding when to take them off yeah. and place them under the stool. Exactly. I mean, you riding bulls to those guys is like, like sitting in this chair talking on the microphone. Like they know, they know where to turn the camera off. They know how to get yeah. out of there, and and they also know when to get out, when to hit the exit button. Yeah. yeah. When to eject because you do. You'll see him step off one here or there. And Business a, decision. Very few yeah. situations that they voluntarily say this matters enough for me to hang on and take a shot. Yeah. This is going to get, because most time longevity is going to pay out way longer than that one bull ride, you know? Um, and I feel like learning how to do that is, is important. If you're two and a half, three seconds in and you know, like this is not going well, even if I stay on, it's probably going to be 70 and I'm not going to win anyway. Like, yeah, get out of there. Eject. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like those guys have gotten really good at that. And, also, they don't get in that position. Like, they just ride so well in general. Yeah. They don't get in that position very often. Uh, super fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, my my event doesn't – we're not quite able to, to do that. Our, our big safety is using those pickup men. Like, more injuries happen trying to get off one yeah. than if you just weather the storm. Bear down and yeah. hold on. Obviously. Yeah, because you, you see that, man, that, that horse tearing around that arena with you guys on there, and it's still jerking on you because you're not – it's the worst. Tied in loosely. I mean, you're you're in hard and fast, and they're jerking on you, and they're running like crazy. Yeah. Um. And now they've picked up an amount of speed that, like you say, and with the rail right there, holy shit. Yeah. Just hunker down and talk to your pickup man and get out of there. Um, What's that conversation like when 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 you guys are ripping around there? No one can hear it. <laughs> What's dep- said depends the situation. Get me uh, off here, yeah. you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a faster horse. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Uh. You know, sometimes you get on like a just a, what looks like a really nice horse. Like uh, Wade's got one called Sozo, mm-hmm. and she is awesome to ride. Love that horse. 
the second you double grab, she pays you back for all the fun you had. And I don't know what it is, just the way she bucks, but when you sit up on her yeah, and drop your feet, God, she kicks your ass. The like, jerk. Oh, yeah. And the pickup men, you know, they come up laughing. You know, you're just like, good job. Like, just get the flank. And they're like, come on, you're kidding. <laughs> yeah. like, just get it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> get my butt kicked up here. Yeah. Uh, and most of the time that flank comes off, those horses want to line out and get, out. get in a horse race. So that part's, I don't know, I think, I forget, Casey Field and Matt Twitchell one year, Casey packed a water gun in his freehand. Oh, really? Spurred his bucking horse, and then when the pickup man came there, he just started shooting him with a water gun. Like, <laughs> there's some, like, some fun and, and BSing that goes on. Uh, sometimes it's just get me off this thing. You know, right. I, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, man, no shit. Yeah. Uh so the other thing I find interesting about rodeo, uh, I haven't ever had anybody. I mean, I had, uh, I had you know Wade and Matt on, but from the writing perspective, I haven't had anybody. So this is my opportunity to ask all my damn my stupid questions. I have Adam? Um, I'm gonna need one of these. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> one of these big truck beers too. Uh, thanks, Kip, for that. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having uh, me. Yeah. So, uh, the other thing that. That would, because I've gotten pretty decent. My wife will be like, how do you know that? Because, you know, I, I don't ride horses. Say, I sit I'm, on them. I'm honestly impressed with your uh, oh. knowledge so far. Oh, so. well, thanks. Uh, I I don't, I always like to say I don't ride horses. I sit on them. If they require riding, then it's probably going to be a problem. <laughs> I'm going to fall off. Uh, I like a nice broke horse that's been in a pack string and seen every bear in the bob and yeah. You know, has seen every scary bush and yeah. rock that's out there and, you know, uh, tumbleweed that's rolled by and dog that's don't, run out of the bushes. Don't, don't take me for someone that doesn't. If I'm, <laughs> if I know they're going to buck, I'm in. Yeah. If they're not supposed to, they better freaking not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want to be back here riding along the river bottom and then have yeah. it decide that, uh, the bush that it just saw <laughs> is a, is a black bear and yeah. it's coming after him. But anyway, uh, uh, I've gotten pretty decent when I'm watching rides during the finals or whatever of being able to guess a score pretty well. Like, it's like, uh, 78 or so, you know, and, you know, you tend to be fairly close here and there. And um, you can see a guy like, well, it looked like he was spurned, but uh, with his right foot, he actually wasn't spurned. It's like, okay, well, that's why I missed the score on that one. I didn't see the other side and he got a spur hung up or something. But uh, what I do find interesting and tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, you're it's at the finals, and Casey Fields is riding, and everybody knows it's Casey Field and uh, Field or Fields, Field, Field. Field. I always come Fields anyway. We do too. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and and nothing against Casey. I'm using him because he's such a legend and so uh, well known. He but pre- it, he prefers King Casey now. King Casey. Yeah. All right. Uh. Uh. You know, or it could have been Timery back in the day. Um, and today it's Stetson Wright or Wright or Wright. Um, uh, how many points is reputation worth? Because it seems like I'll watch a ride and I'll be like, God damn, like, uh, you know, Rich just put one on pretty good. Like, that's pretty good. And they're like, you know, and you see, and it's like, oh, it's 84. And it's like, well, shit, that seemed better. And then you'll see a guy, I won't name a name, you'll see another guy the next guy out and it's like so-and-so's blah, blah, blah in the world and rides and it's 89. And it's like, bro, that ride was looked the same to me. Are those judges, uh, 
kind of wooed by the crowd noise or the name or the the situation? Do you see that? Do you feel that? Uh, or or is, is that hard to answer a, when you're yeah. a competitor about uh, to go? <laughs> yeah. So, what, so I'll what's say the weather going to be like next I'll week? I'll say this. Judges are human. Right. Um, it's really hard, I would say. It's a... It's a it's Jordan rules. Well, I mean, it's, it can get progressive. That's mm-hmm. human nature. Yeah. Is that the next ride's going to be better? Yeah. So. Because it's got to be hard for a judge to ah, hand out a 91 first one out of the gate. And they'll do it. I've seen, I've been the guy. Yeah. You know, rarely, but it, it does happen. Um, it's, yeah, it's tough. I, I wouldn't want to be them. I, and I feel like, I feel like what gets a little lost is that they don't, I don't think, I don't even know if they mean to, but it, in the way I imagine it is that they're judging me versus me. Mm-hmm. They're not judging me versus Casey. They're judging me on how I ride and how I do my job based on, I guess, what they've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. This is, this could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they'd agree, but. I just think Casey's – have I seen him win when he shouldn't have won? Sure. Have I won when I shouldn't have won? Sure. Have I lost when I should have won? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I, and the, the thing about it is, is it happens to everybody. Sure. It's not like just one guy in particular. It's a tough subject. Like, I, I really – And some of those guys, like, if they – I guess you could call it like, do some of them get the benefit of the doubt when the first timer maybe doesn't? I would imagine like they've probably earned that, right? I mean, if you're if you're Stetson Wright, you've proven like, uh, <clears throat> you know, or Casey Field or somebody like that, like you've, you know, it's like ah, that guy's proven himself. Like, yeah. get benefit of the doubt on this one. I feel like if for those guys, for us, it's if you are expected at this to be here and you maintain that or above it, you're probably going to be, and you have the horse to match it. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be up there. Mm-hmm. If you're one of the, these guys and you make a mistake, there's, there's no benefit of the doubt for like there is for a younger guy. Right. Like, Oh man, he really went at that one. Was it as crisp and perfect as these guys? No, yeah. but he really went at him and he's doing his job. Casey get, better spur him on everyone. Casey, Casey misses a jump or hits him low one jump, and they see it plain as day. Probably going to hammer him for it. Yeah. Because. So that knife can cut both directions. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You see it all the time. But it gets tough, especially you'll see if you watch social media or any of your social media's rodeo, once this finals kicks off, it's <laughs> the meme pages get going. Oh, and yeah. Imagine. Keyboard warriors and. When and I'm not, I've never, I'm every, every industry kind of has its inside baseball. I'm sure I've never, I'm not a part of any of that stuff, but I can imagine yeah. it exists. It's, it's a real thing. It's honestly comical. Cause it's, I feel like or anybody at the, you know, Super Bowl or they're not, you're not looking at that stuff. Like, and not even at the finals, but like at all these other rodeos, how much interaction behind the shoots and, and on a Wednesday at dinner, or how much interaction is there between judges and contestants? Not hardly any. Yeah. You know, maybe, where, do, where do these judges talk, even come from? Talk some smack. Are they <laughs> ex-writers? Because it would be lot, weird so, if, like, 
like if you retired in five years and became a judge, like, God, that'd be strange. Cause like now all of a sudden you go from being bros with everybody to, I mean, that'd be tough. I don't know. I don't feel like there's a, there's no malice or anything. Like I think in all honesty and, I think they do a pretty damn good job. I wouldn't want, like I said, I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, and I, and I feel like we're all pretty friendly and those guys try to be fair and mm-hmm. they can't see everything. They've all, as far as I know, they all come from rodeo. Do you um, guys vote on judges like to go to the finals? We get to reckon, we put a, like a recommendation, like here's okay. who we want the Bronc Riders say who they want. And they go, I don't actually know how they, I know we used to, we yeah. used to have a vote in that, but. Yeah. Anymore. So it's, you know, they send whoever they want to send and they're their top. They're the same judges that we see all summer long and all winter yeah. long at the big rodeos. Um, what about all those knives you had to send that one judge? <laughs> <laughs> that gift I'll, package. I'll tell him I got some too, so he better do me right out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I just got a call from one of them other contestants yeah. yesterday asking these knives to be sent to a judge. Old I, set of chef's knives for his wife. Yeah, no. I, f- I feel like I feel like I'd sit down and have a beer with any of them, you know, and just yeah. BS about what rodeo was like back in seventeen hundreds when they were doing it. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> it would be uh, really tough to be in their spot because you would want to be friendly with all of them, but I mean, you definitely wouldn't want to put yourself as a judge in a position to be seen at dinner with no. with Richmond when some guy walks through because even if it is just you know. Hey, we're we're friends over here, but like Richie, I'm gonna judge you like I'm gonna judge, you. and yeah. you wouldn't want that anyway. No conflict of interest. Yeah, you know it's yeah. It, so that if, would be a challenge because it is such a small world. Yeah, tight knit world. It'd be a challenge because you, you know, you got to keep that separation of that yeah. there. And I, I think they do a really good job of that. I I think we're all cordial and respectful and professional and. It is crazy when you see, and, you know, you're going to experience it in a couple weeks. You're going to probably win or lose some money off of a half a point. And it's like, what the hell's a half a point? Like, it's so crazy to, uh, at that point, that is really the subjective part. And it's like, you could argue within probably an entire point either way if that horse performed like it should have or if the rider did what he should have. Um, And those half points become so... It's interesting because everything else in sports is generally uh, very black and white. Yeah, there's a lot of gray area. A uh, lot of gray in rodeo and well in the in the riding events. In the riding because that that's the word I was looking for earlier. Like it, it's it's subjective. What yeah. Judge One wants to see is mo- you know this might be more important to Judge One, whereas this is more important to Judge Two and Three and Four and. Yeah, it's interesting how some guys' riding styles. I think more in uh, saddle bronc than bareback. You see some differences in the way a guy sits up tall on a horse. Like I remember back in the day watching Billy Etbauer. That guy, for some reason, I don't know why, I liked watching that guy ride a horse with his chin tucked down and his hat pulled down, and he was this short little guy, and he seemed his little legs just seemed to be going, <laughs> and like that guy always scored high. Yeah. And and I don't know why his ride looked different than the guy next to him. But something about it was, like, pleasing to the eye. Yeah. He was always right on the edge. He'd get popped up that high out of his saddle and yep. just kick loose and jump back down into it. And, yeah, he's electric. And he you just – I feel like at the judging level, they're looking more for 
I, I in the bronc riding it those guys are so good now like all of them top to like they're not just a top 15 they're they're 30 deep could win any day anywhere and like yeah. those those 15 that make the nfr it's it's a dogfight to the end for them um did am i right did when i was younger were the finals the top 10 did they expand it to 15 I wouldn't know. As, as long as I know, it's been 15. Has there ever been talk of going to 20, or is that? I don't. I think it would fall off. I don't think. I, I don't think it could go any more than 15. So speaking of that fall off, it's. I always tell my kids. I'm like, when we've been watching the rodeo, I've been. It's. It's mind-boggling to me because if you Google money winners, and because I mean it's public. What are you sitting at right now for 15th? 111. 111. Yeah. So. I don't know what number 20 is. We're only talking five places away, but I'll bet you it's down in the 70s or 80s or, or something like that. Like, yeah. It's incredible. Now, if you think about that, and, and I always say this, like you take the top 15 in the world that make this event and you only go down five more places, and at 10, you're down probably in the 60s, 50s and 60s. Yeah. Um, and I think of some guy just just – beat his his neck up and his balls against the freaking rigging for all summer yep. to make 55 60 grand and also probably isn't sponsored real well had to run all over the damn country and pay his entry fees and his fuel and yep. and his doctor bills and all that stuff um and and you know and and really it didn't even get close not even close i mean you're yep. 20 30 40 grand away from making the last place into the finals. Yep. Um, I I always find that mind boggling, and I have so much respect for rodeo of 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 you guys that made it because you you were all at one point in that that guy's position. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing thing with rodeo, and it and it goes to show just that separation between U fifteen and then the next fifteen. It's crazy. Yeah. It. Uh, I feel like in the the bareback riding, especially like the bull riding. They don't have to ride that many, and there's so many, like, extreme bulls and all these side events, you know, that it's not necessarily about riding all of them. They, they, you get on enough of them, it's probably, and you'd ride well, like, consistently, you know, like, I don't even know, like, 30% of your bulls would probably make it. In our event, I think it's, you like you said earlier, we're, a lot of us, we're not going to hit the, at some point in learning how to ride bareback horses, you kind of stop falling off. You yeah. can kind of get through the fight. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of being able to do it better than everyone else. You right. know, making like, like, are you going to make it look easy? Now yeah. you're starting to win money and, and doing it on all kinds of horses, from mm-hmm. the hopper pin to the eliminators to the TV pin. Being able to make that same ride on all of them and be at you know finding a way to win on everything to the point where you draw that horse that like you probably shouldn't go get on, but. Eh, what the hell you've been winning yeah you, and you go get on them and you find a way to win a good check on them mm-hmm. you know and yeah and with bulls you see a lot of guys uh they'll they can collect a hell of a check at a rodeo because they might be the only qualified ride exactly and it, they, their qualified might ride might have been 71 points but they won 25 20. grand <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah um, and we were what's his name uh guy can't believe i'm blanking on his name uh the legend bull rider that just broke his neck um Oh, JB. JB Mooney. Yeah. Uh that that's what happened here in Missoula. Uh I was standing on the shoots with Matt, right? I mean, we were standing 
right with him and to chatting with JB right up. You know, he was napping up until basically his <laughs> ride with a smoke. Yeah. And, uh, One of a kind. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to spend much time in the shoot. I get in there and nod, you know, and sure shit. He gets in there. Nobody else had made a ride. Of course, he was last to go out. Yeah. Uh, and here comes the legend. Turns out, bowl spins left. He rides. Crowd goes wild. Hops off. He wins all the money. Yep. And and that was like Missoula's a what three day rodeo. When that happens, does he win the the money for three days or just that night? It's he, the whole rodeo, right? He gets all the ground, all the day money for sure, and then he'll get all the right. So I'm sure there were some rides another couple days, but they still want to pile. Because yeah. it, even then, they're going to pay those places, and then they're going to take all that extra money that didn't get paid out and pay it up. Yeah. So we we don't we don't have that. And I think I think it's because our numbers are so small in the bareback riding. There's only like under 200 of us card holders. Oh, really? So we really try to stay away from riding for each other's money. We don't like taking each other's cash because we all know what it takes to do. What we do, and so the bull riders said. Shoot, they throw in extra money on top of their entry fee all the time, and that's like on the books. You know, that's where that day money oh, really? comes from. That's where that we don't we don't want higher fees. We want more sponsor money. We don't we want to ride for somebody else's money, not ours. Yeah, you know, because that at some point then then we're just hurting each other. You know, and so that's explain like, that. So the bull riders will say, "Hey, we'll kick in." No, just, I think they pay. Like, I actually don't know for a fact. I just know that they get. Their fees will be higher because certain of it amount of it is allotted to day money each day. I see. And then so ground money would be anything that didn't get paid out as far as a placement goes. Okay. And then so if they win the day money that day, but all that for them, all that money counts in the world standings. Yeah. Um, and we just choose not to. There's not never been our thing. Yeah. Where I would say the bareback riders as a whole are really, really tight as far as like People, you know, ask if there's any altercations or anything. Like, we might butt heads, but it's, like, we're all brothers. Like, we're in this just to. So that's 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 the one thing I wanted to cover was, <clears throat> you know, every rodeo I've ever been to, and you especially can see it in the finals because TV's so good and you've got, you know, close-ups and lots of replays. And you'll see, uh, you know, some 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 rider out there come out, uh, you know, second to last rider, and and he'll throw eighty eight point right out there, and he'll come back there, and he's standing behind the chute, standing up on the chute, and rider comes out, um, or Stetson, you know, best rider in the world, has already won several hundred thousand, you know, literally going to be in the millions of dollars, so the guy doesn't need the money, right? And this other guy maybe isn't in a spot that Stetson is or something like that. And you'll see Stetson turn out and that ride takes off and it's obviously good kind of from the start. And you will see that guy who's in second, who's got the current lead and maybe needs the money a little bit more cheering as if it's his brother, like his actual blood brother on that horse and, and come off of there. And when, when that ride's complete and that guy hits the ground, that all of those riders are back on that shoot screaming their absolute heads off not in a fake like uh, clapping like good good job um <clears throat> i think it's one of the coolest things in sports to see uh it's probably actually the coolest thing other than seeing a a bullfighter just lay it down for a guy like yeah. that it doesn't get cooler than that no. 
Um, but seeing you guys cheer for each other in that way and true, like true happiness, like seeing you guys hug each other back there and be like, you're hugging him and saying, great job of beating me. Yeah. But what's cool is he didn't beat you. He beat the horse. He beat the horse. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's not sure we're all entered to compete against each other, but every day it's you versus your horse. Like, and some days that's a, big deal you know you might have the one nobody wanted and you go out there and stomp them it doesn't matter what the judges say yeah at the end of it everybody back there is gonna be like hell yeah yeah that was badass yeah and that's that's that love of the game part of it that's just you just love it like, and you, they could also probably kind of know like oh hey you know the last six week richie's really struggling and you stomp one down you're going to truly be, they're going to truly be happy for you that like you got off the schneid or yeah. like, holy shit, Rich just absolutely stomped one. Yeah. And that that's the thing. I don't know. I feel like we're all, we all expect each other to win. Like mm-hmm. just, I'm, I'm not going to set my gear back down in the locker room in a couple of weeks and be like, oh, I got that guy, that guy, that guy. Hell no. They can all win first. Right. That's why we're there. Um, the other thing too is, if, if they do pay one of the guys when they shouldn't have, it's not his fault. Right. He didn't do anything. He did right. the same thing I did. Right. It's a judging. Right. Like, he got he can't road. control that. Like, get on him. They're right. going to get me. Like, I'm going to go show him tomorrow. You know, Except that guy I sent that gift package for him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he should offset the judges a bit for me. That'll yeah. be good. No, it's a cool, it's a, it's a cool camaraderie amongst guys that way too and a respect level because like you say you're all you're all laying it out there you're all you know literally risking your life to do what you do um it's really really cool uh how did you get into it uh i started riding horses when i was like eight and then the PBR started being a big thing. So I started watching Blur. And we always watched the national finals. Like my family, my parents always did. So we'd watch that. And then uh, I was like 13. I was like, man, I want to ride bulls. And That's back when you didn't want to find out the results. Cause you, anytime you could watch the finals, it was the night before. Right. Yeah. So you're always a day. Before. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I started riding bulls. My brother rode barebacks in high school. Um, and I wanted to be a bull rider. I wanted to be J.B. Mooney, man. So Where'd you badly. go up? Uh, kind of all over. Was uh, born in California. Well, only there for two months. Don't judge me. So you're a Californian. Yeah. Get the hell out. <laughs> Can't do it. I'm a <laughs> transplant to everywhere. Uh, went to New Mexico. Lived there for a couple of years. Spent six years in Alaska. And then moved from Alaska to Texas, which is where I started riding horses. And then moved from Texas to Arizona. I wanted to start riding bulls. Um, broke my leg right away. Did you away. have parents? Because I always wonder, do parents, like, <laughs> they, how, they, the, how the hell? They like, hated it. Because, I, I mean, I have, I love my kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, bullshit, oh, you're riding bulls. Now that I have one, I'm like, nope, kid's going to play golf. Like, this is yeah. <laughs> not happening. Uh, yeah, um, they, they hated it. Did uh, they? I wanted to do it. I was probably going to do it anyway. How old were you? 13, 14, and then on so through high school. So did you get on, like, some steers? Or yeah, like, big calves and steers, and then just some, like, young bulls, weaker bulls. Really, the old, big ones that were just going to plop across there were probably the best ones for you. Um, 
you broke your leg? Broke my leg on like my tenth one, and my parents were like, "Yes, like yeah. that'll cure it." And uh, I think my sophomore year of high school, we moved to Washington State and uh, started riding bulls again. Got I wanted a high school rodeo, and so I started doing that and did that for that whole season. Moved back to Texas my junior year and rode bulls, and then my I was like kind of tired of sucking. Like, mm-hmm. I think I maybe rode like four bulls out of like thousands. <laughs> like I was, really? I just never could get, get it going. Yeah. You know, uh, knew I loved it and I wanted to do it, but like just couldn't break through. And, uh, finally one day I was, my brother was like, Hey, I'm going to go get on some practice horses. You want to go? He, he was riding. He was still riding bareback horses. I was like, sure. Was he uh, decent? He was, yeah. Or learning or. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of on and off again, like with it. And then, once I started, he kind of went a little more serious. He ended up getting hurt pretty bad, and actually had a spinal fusion in his back. Uh, but uh, he actually healed up from that, and then got on a few more just to check it off. I'm sure, your list. mom was impressed. Yeah. Well, he was like in his thirties then, so yeah. Well, they're still moms. Yeah, so. no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, yeah, I started my got on my first bareback course. Like I think it was July fourth, two thousand ten. And then how do you know? 30. Okay. And then, uh, shoot, that it just took off. Went to Tarleton State uh, in Stephenville, Texas on a rodeo scholarship. And rodeo just kind of took precedent over school after a few years. So you were 27 years old? No, I'm sorry. Uh, 17 years old about then when you got on your first. 17 when I got on my first one. Yeah. And then. And you got a college scholarship that quick? Yeah. So you after twenty head, no shit. So yeah. you something clicked with it the, was automatic. What was it? I mean, what what I don't know. What's if it, the feel or the difference with the bull? It, I, I mean, are you thinking the whole time you're on a bull? Like as soon as I get off, the some bitch is gonna try and kill me. Bull riding's just <laughs> yeah. There's a fear factor, definitely a fear factor, but there is to all of it. I yeah. think I was so comfortable with horses. I was already comfortable with the buck and shoot because I'd been on so many bulls. Bull riding is such like a give and take with their timing. It's just kind of more of a dance where the bareback riding is just like straight fist fight from the get go. Okay. Um, but I also just felt more comfortable and I never had that like adrenaline blackout you get initially when you start those events. Usually, usually you don't remember your first few seconds and then you come to because your body's just reacting. Hmm. It takes a long time before you can really see it clearly the entire time. Um, and it was just kind of clear for me from the get go. And I feel like that helped uh, just kind of progress me along. And I went, got my PRCA permit the next, uh, that January, started pro rodeo. And so I'd go to the high school rodeos and then go to the pro rodeos that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, in college and on a professional rodeo, won the American when I was 21. And that kind of, that say I was in 2014. So win the million in Dallas, and then go to my first NFR that year. Yeah, so year. when you win the American, you win a million bucks. Yeah. Um, you're 21 years old when you do that. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you do that night? Party. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't let the hotel bar close down, and then... All drinks on Richie. Buy all the beer. How much of his money can we spend oh, tonight? Oh, man, I don't... I didn't even look at the tab, but <laughs> all I know is I agreed to a... 
phone interview the next morning at 7.30, I think. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sure that'd be a joy to listen back to. Oh. Uh, and then got on the road and went and rode at Houston the next day, and I had uh, old men in the parking lot waiting to f- talk to me about my finances, people I'd never met. No like, this shit. This is crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you go from a broke-ass college kid to a millionaire yeah. overnight, which, I mean, I'm, Uncle Sam makes sure you're not actually a millionaire, but and and your your buddy's bar tab. Um, but that's that's got to be a bonkers change. And and but did that did you find a, a weird kind of pressure expectation all of a sudden at that point? Oh yeah, that was uh, probably that whole Houston. I've battled that like I'm supposed to be something now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, it was pretty much just like. I didn't make it back at Houston. Clearly, I'm not that good. I better get back to work, you know. Right. Rodeo's still rodeo. There's still a job to do. And at that point, it was, I just took my next goal. was like, I don't want to be a one-hit wonder. I don't want to be that flash in the pan. I'm going to go make the NFR this year and show them. And I did that. Like, just that whole summer rolled on. I was having fun. I had a million bucks. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I ended up, I think, second in the average and third in the world at the finals that year. Yeah. And then, but it was honestly just like, I went from being, from wanting to be all, you know, do the TV interviews, win the big rodeos, like, and all of a sudden it was just, literally the next day, that was, my phone rang at 7.30, you know, cross-eyed, <laughs> Oh, this is what it's like. You're you're the dog that caught the car it's been chasing and it, didn't know what to do with exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like it took a while and honestly I feel like that twenty fifteen drop off was more or less not having I had the money. I had a, made the NFR, I'd done well, like Right. It was like okay now why well then why am I doing this now? Like, right. Because it all happened. It was just like, here you go. Right, the what starving it, man all of a sudden had the five course meal. Yeah, and, right. And so I just had a new find, find new purpose and new right, new drive. Right. Well, then I'm sure it doesn't take long for that to all of a sudden turn into, like, okay, well now I fell off. Now that new purpose and drive is showing them that it wasn't just a flash in the pan. And yeah, you know, that's crazy now to look back. And be like this is my, I've been fortunate enough to set my gear back down at the national finals eight times. Like, yeah. That's at that back then, you know, it was like, I want to go there. Will Lowe's gone 15 times. Yeah. You know, like, well, Richmond, you didn't make it when you were 18 and every year after that. So yeah. Get realistic. Who's here, the, uh, what the hell's his name? The guy that always rides with the cigar in his mouth. Cody DeMoss. DeMoss. Yeah. That's pretty cool. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hot sauce. Yeah. Mustache yeah. and a cigar. Yeah, he's cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bunch of those dudes i'm i'm bad with i'm terrible with names but like but i'll i'll recognize yeah them that I've, I've they have their them ride forever they have their they all have their things to <laughs> notice them by yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty cool yeah i was really i feel really fortunate just to have been able to rodeo with bobby moat cody demos willow shoot i mean i've been riding against willow my whole career and he's 10 years older than me that's incredible that is incredible <laughs> he's a beast uh, yeah, you know, I Bobby Moat. I think he rode until he was forty. Rode bareback horses, and 
that my first NFR, he was just like, hey, come train with me. And so I'd come meet him at the gym every morning at 5.30, and I learned real quick not to be late. <laughs> really? <laughs> he was, he was, yeah. Serious. Yeah, dead serious about yeah. it, you know, and. As well, I, when you're you're at that place today where, like, you have a kid, a wife, like, you're now an adult. Yep. Um, and you also know that this is a fleeting thing that the, you don't, like, the end could be tomorrow. Yeah. It could be next year. You don't know. Like, you're no longer 21 and invincible, and you've had some injuries. And I'm sure those guys have had, had gone through all that stuff, too. And uh, it's, it's a newfound, I'm sure, seriousness and focus and... um. I think that's a natural progression for anybody to go through. Yeah, 100%. And and I do, like, I respected it then, but I respect it even more now. And just, yeah. you know, understand it. Uh, yeah, after, after one morning, I was like, he's like, why are you late? And I was like, oh, just, you know, stayed out too late or whatever. He's like, why don't you, like, start a business or something? Like, Fuck off, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> going to the NFR, what do I need a job for? Like, yeah. you know? But now here I am, like, man, I wonder i could do <laughs> yeah. you know yeah uh that's got to be a challenge too like when you guys uh when you guys are in vegas for your super bowl um you're in vegas like yeah. and i'm sure you've got family and friends and people coming out of the woodwork wanting to come down to the party and and wanting to distract you i mean uh <clears throat> sponsor stuff going on uh other contestants wanting to do stuff family friends um, how hard is that to focus? And I, and I also think too, like the fact that your, your big event for the day is so late at night, it gives you an entire day to sit around and be nervous and think about it. And so I, I also have to think that some of those distractions would actually be a welcome. Um, for me personally, that's yeah, how it would you're, be. You're nailing it. Uh, it's, it's a lot. It's, we're there for, I guess the plus side is we get there. I think I leave on the second, I get there the fourth first rounds, the seventh leave the 17th so from the 4th to the 17th mm -hmm. that's home um and you go you're there for the back number ceremony all the bareback riders all 15 of us traditionally load up in a party bus and we go out to a nice sit down dinner and we have a cheers and a mm -hmm. good meal together and congrats on the year and good luck this week don't screw up kind of deal and anything that needs to get sorted out it gets sorted out then and we go into the locker room the next day for check-in and we said pick our spots where we're going to sit and so there's the, that time where you kind of blow off that vegas steam yeah and then then it's the business but i uh, the appearance is like i know i wouldn't want to be stetson right but right. <laughs> i'm i've got i think out of the 10 days i have three days off mm -hmm. and i kind of know now how to space them out and like what I want to do but it's it's a, it's a lot of it is that like there's certain rounds like I'm always going to pick to go sign for at least an hour on the eliminator pin day yeah because I don't want to sit there and think about that all day long I know yeah. what I need to do I need to get in that locker room put my rig on them and nod my head yeah. and the rest is going to take care of itself those are those are the days I like to just keep myself busy just doing meeting fans signing autographs talk shows whatever and uh the honestly it's the family and friends it's they have to just understand and if they want to have lunch or if they want to have dinner i might not i might leave before the bill comes like yeah, to right. go to bed you know yeah uh or to get back for a quick nap before the perf uh it just kind of 
seems like you get there and it just all well, blurs what together. You can't plan today. What you can't plan is how you're going to feel on day four. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean that that's a game changer, right? Like now, all of a sudden, like, do you need to be in getting some some work done, whether it's a yeah. chiropractor or massage, or I'm sure you probably build some of that in. I would imagine, no matter what, I'm sure some massage is going to be good, but who knows what injuries you're dealing with, or and it's also got to be tough if you're at, you know, who who sponsors you? I know you got Yeti, yeah, uh, Yeti, Huey Brands, uh, Higher Boots, Four Bonnet Hats, and Cinch. So you're at cinch's booth and you're signing autographs on day six and you have a bunch of people coming up reminding you that you've really sucked in the last three days how'd you <laughs> on my fantasy team man <laughs> yeah it's like you're really Sorry. letting me down yeah <laughs> you know and like that's got to be a challenge too of like i'm sure nobody's going to be more disappointed if you've if you've not had a few days in a row that you like especially when you had opportunity that you it was really truly just your fault and not the horses or something it's got to be hard to stand there and talk to the general public and have some fat-ass guy from New Jersey telling you how bad you sucked last <laughs> night. <laughs> it, it is. I've, I've had to go and sign on the years I didn't make it. Oh. And I've sat there, you know, with the other guys on my team and say they've, they've made it, you know, through that year. And like, oh, how's it going? I watched you ride last night. Did great. Thank you. So you get both, <laughs> yeah. you know. You get the people that don't That's have a clue. True. And uh, you got those guys that want to feed you a little bit, so – I don't know. It's I was in. I'm always like, watched your uh, rope last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I missed the flank on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Like it, it, there's, I don't think there's any other professional sport that does that on their final. Yeah, at the Super Bowl, you're not going to have your guys out there signing autographs, you yeah. know, up until. But it's just, I feel like that's part of what makes rodeo special too. Is that we are pretty accessible and we are going to go out and meet people. And that's not, that's, you're not going to find that in the NFL. No. I mean, you're not going to just go hang at a, at a booth at a convention center. Um, if you're, you know, Tom Brady, but you might for sure see Stetson Wright somewhere around doing yeah. his thing. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. And pretty common. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing too, is like, this is the Super Bowl for our brands too, for these the right. companies that stick with you through the years you're injured or mm-hmm. your bad seasons and they got your back. If you can go out there and at their biggest event too. Yeah. And show some face and get some excitement around the clothes you wear, the boots you wear, the knives you skin your deer with, whatever. Like right. being able to, cause that's kind of the job too. Like it's, it's all, it's all engulfed together. Like yeah. It, yeah. It really is. Yeah. Uh, last question on the rodeo stuff. Why does Joe Beaver have to talk so much during, <laughs> during <the> calf roping? <laughs> He's really good at no, it. No, I know. But, uh, I just, and I'm, I'm sure just, he won't listen. I'm just, I hope he doesn't. I actually I'm, like you, Joe. But I'm just glad Luke Branquino is not out there because he just doesn't shut up. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. He's he's like the worst. Really? I really hope he listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send it to him. Yeah. We talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a – that's a – that he's kind of become one of my uh, – I guess idols in the sense of how he just went through his career and then transferred it into something else after. And yeah. I got to work. I did the pre-show last year uh, while I was down there with him and got to spend some time and do the TV. Kind of he helped me through the TV side of things, and he was become really good friends. But did I, he put your makeup on for you? Show you no your makeup. No, 
I didn't need any. I'm too pretty, but I did his for him. Cause That's nice of you. Yeah. He's old. Yeah. There's lots of wrinkles. Yeah. Well, you are from the bitter and from California, so you probably know a lot about makeup. Uh, <laughs> so a couple months is enough time to be infected, I guess. Yeah. Tell me about, you mentioned off the top uh, that I don't want to skim over because it's way more impressive than anything you do. How that, your wife was in the freaking Olympics? Yeah. She, what was her name in the Olympics? Paige Lawrence. What did she? She's uh, for Canada. Oh, um, okay. Yep. She was a Paris figure skater and went to Sochi, Russia in 2014. Really? Yeah. You said Paris? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the lifts and throws and. That stuff's wild. Yeah. Rank. Like I've gone and watched uh, like the Canadian qualifying events before. It's, they are launching those little it's chicks. insane. Yeah. Like the amount of. And the Forced. trust, the yeah. trust that she has to have that that dude, like the, when they're swinging them around and their head is their little ponytails freaking scraping off the ice. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, that dude doesn't do something right. And he's just going to absolutely you decapitate. Know, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's unbelievable. It's nuts. Yeah. She's wicked tough. She's five foot nothing and full of it. But she's, shoot, she's probably more beat up than I am. Oh, man. I bet yeah. that's a. And the, the amount of training hours that those people, um, we have a local girl here that, uh, I, don't, I don't actually know where she'll sit for the Olympics, but like, uh, she's in gymnastics and, um, I think she, she was the national champion last year in one of, I know they do lots of events, so I'm actually not sure which event, but Lindsay Ockler, um, a high school girl that went, was I think a year older than my daughter, um, but the training, all those Olympic athletes, the amount of training, the amount of hours that those people dedicate <clears throat> in silence that generally nobody cares about for four except for every four years. Yeah. Holy shit, that's dedication. Like the the way she just in talking to her, like when we first started dating, the way it changed my mentality about what how I do, you know, that she's helped me evolve my so she wasn't out drinking at the bars? Uh, no, like I mean, I finally, I think I was <laughs> the one that gave her her first beer at 24 when she retired. Um, she's. How'd you meet her? Uh, I mean, were you she, a big figure skating? She was good friends with Casey Field's wife. Okay. And I was traveling with Casey, and so I'd met her. Um, that's another gal that's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. That's a babe. Yeah. Um, so met her, and then. I think we were both dating other people and we all went to an Eagles concert together. Okay. And then she hit me up. I think, did you ever hear about the ERA, the elite rodeo association a few no. years back? We kind of separated off and tried to do our own thing for a bit. Um, but her dad, Paige's dad raises bucking horses in Canada, Jimmy Lawrence. Okay. Um, and so he had questions about the ERA. So she just reached out to me and I was like, Oh, Blast from the past. I wonder what she's up to. And then I've just pretty much never stopped talking to her. Yeah. Yeah. Now That's we have a baby. So. Yeah. <laughs> Persistency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, man, that's incredible. It'd be cool to talk to her about that experience. Cause that's, um, like I say, that's a level of dedication. Oh. That's a whole nother. And there's not, you know, except for a few of the very top ones. It's not like that's for rich and fame either. I mean, that's a chat. That's a tough deal. Yeah. That's, well, it just, expensive but the amount of time that like her on ice practice off ice practice straight to the gym 
eat that much rice and chicken. Yeah. Skate some more. Throw it up. Like, yeah. <laughs> like just yeah. crazy. And, and, and imagine your national finals rodeo that you're going to this year. You haven't been to it in four years. And you get one ride, bud. Yeah. Like two, I guess. Maybe two. You're skating. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a completely, yeah, just a. And you're being judged. It, yeah. Like, and it's subjective. It's not a race. It's, and it's still subjective. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And 100%. progressive. Yeah. yeah. Now, I have a, so much respect, especially getting to meet all her friends and friends that have <clears throat> that are Olympians and different you know, speed skating and just skiers and snowboarders and all those, like, soccer. The, all of their stories are just, like, at some point, like, what I do is still just eight seconds. Yeah. You know, like the stuff they train for, like also, although not that long, I can go ride eight seconds more tomorrow. You know, like I have so much opportunity. Right. Not that it takes away the importance of it. It's just to be able to focus on that one goal for that long. Yeah. And and then make it there. Truly one, one day or you say maybe two days. I mean, you kind of have 10 Super Bowls coming up. Yeah. And especially if you're not in the runnings in the top couple, like you say, you, you know, every night's a Super Bowl yep. and you get to send it and, you know, you, you, you win a few rounds. It's a great week. And, yep. you know, but, uh, holy cow, you know, and then you also like, you get over there and, you know, you get the flu, uh, you get a, you, you get a, a tiny tweak of an ankle or, um, you see some of the stuff that happens there. Uh, you know, I was talking to this about this the other day. You're a sprinter, and you're slower than the fastest man or woman in the world by eight, six, eight, one hundredths of a second, and you don't place. Yeah. You're in fourth, and nobody cares. It's just, like, bonkers. You're a ski racer, and the weather's so bad, they cancel the race altogether. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> It's no, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Or, or, you know, your, your day of skiing, it snowed that day and it's the track slower than it was yesterday. And yep. like, or you just, you know, it started snowing at noon and you just happened to have the, the later time or the tracks tore up and, yep. you know, the course, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And then you see those guys that, um, some of those dudes like the, like the downhill skiing and, and slalom and that stuff. And those guys are sending it. Oh, I mean, it's the same. It's, it's, it's the equivalent to me of climbing on a bull. Oh yeah, I mean those guys are going a hundred miles an hour on freaking ice on on skis, and when they wreck, you may or may not live through it. Yeah, but you're gonna likely be tore up. Yeah, it's bonk, and and they're going to wreck. Like yeah, it's kind of like with a bull rider or, or a bronc. Not like if. You're, you're yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have it. Yeah, no, I so much respect for them and like what what it takes, and even like having being in one of those events that has a partner or three people. Yeah, something happens to one of them. Yeah, that last week, you know, when you finally made it's just so many variables, so much, so much weight on that's the a, situation. That's a challenge too. I I think of that with rodeo, um, like with team roping. You know, to boy, what a challenging dynamic that is. If you're if your healer catches one leg, or I mean, you know, uh, as an uneducated guy that you know can, couldn't rope my wife if she was <laughs> caught in a room. Uh, um, you know, to watch the header miss, 
And as an uneducated guy, I'm like, it's the freaking head. Like, put it on it. Like, it's not that hard. You know, catching two feet, that's tough. Yeah. Right? But obviously, they're trying to do it and be, you know, 3.5 seconds. Um, It's, you know, and or the guy does. He puts it on uh, as the bear is breaking. He's putting it on and turning that that steer, and the dude catches one leg. Like, um, to to go back behind the, the shoots and be like, bro, what the hell? You know, like that's the third one you've put one leg on this week. That'd be an interesting, at least for you, you can go back and be mad at one person. Yeah. You know, and that person's in the mirror. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. yeah, It's, uh, I don't know if I could be a team roper. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's both your paychecks. That's somebody else's, like, they're not on it or they, they go out to the bar the night before. Like, you know, you're, they always joke like us traveling because we all travel in pretty regular groups. Mm-hmm. And you just, basically, it's, just, you're just married. You know, you see them more than your wife and right. close quarters and always in the truck. And But if they don't have any say in what I make, you know. Right. Whereas if you're in that truck and trailer splitting everything with them and, like, if you lose, I lose. Right. Which, I mean, I guess I'm, that's a double-edged blade there. Like, yeah. that's going to drive things up, too. Those really good guys are the one of the funnest events in Vegas. When the guys are on to watch is the team roping. Mm-hmm. Like, that is so fast. I yeah, I mean, I think the arena record's 3-2 or 3-3. Yeah. And, I mean, that is mind-blowing. Yeah, I got to watch last year from that end of the arena. And those guys have to rope the way that arena. They don't have enough room, basically, to... Yep just turn and face like they have to come back towards back the, towards the shoot yeah. and then face like it's it's pretty wicked especially see those horses work and the way those guys are like yeah they're on it before they're just over yeah the you'll see them guys reach for one they'll put it on the head and that you know they've kind of reached but now they've got so much rope out there when they try to dally up and turn you know they're running into the damn stands because that thomas and mac is tiny tiny well that's the other event that i didn't really have true respect for until last year watching it from that end was the steer wrestling and how fast those yellow bucking shoots are coming at you and oh, you're running really? flat out at them like if you're if you don't commit you're like that's a whole lot of steel right in front yeah. of you you know what i mean yeah no uh, shit. i actually i asked i forget who i was talking to after the perf one of them last year. i was like oh he got off late like he had to get off late got off like right in front of the out gate and flipped one, and I was like, how fast, how sketchy is that when the, how fast do those come up? He's like, try not to look up, but just focus on your steer and yeah. get down. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah, no shit. It's crazy. <clears throat> so what other things do you like to hunt? You like to hunt, right? Yeah. What, what else? I mean, are you an elk hunter, archery hunter? What do you like to do? I love shooting my bow. Have not hunted with it. Um, honestly, hunting has probably taken the biggest backseat um, in my life. I've gotten to go. I've shot elk, a bunch of whitetails being in Texas. Um, mm-hmm. And then I go usually go on a mule deer hunt every year in Idaho with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I get my, my brother goes in my place this year and shoots a freaking 30-plus incher. Really? <laughs> yeah. First time <laughs> in there, I was like, you sucker. Trying but, to be happy for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, no, I honestly, that's kind of just been it. It's just deer, and I – I buy my elk tag every year. The last couple of years, haven't had a chance to get out much. Yeah. I've, honestly, fishing's been my kind of my biggest 
fly fishing or yeah, what? Yeah, fly fishing since I moved to I mean, Montana. you live in the right area for Yeah, that, I, I did 20 days guiding last year for Freestone down in Hamilton, and that was just really fun, kind of do something different. Wouldn't mm-hmm. wouldn't want to do it full-time, but uh, got to know the sport well and meet some really good people, especially, you know, being with Yeti. Yeah. Uh, getting to know their, their fishing side. And, um, yeah, hunting just hasn't been as easy as a – it's not as ex- – I mean, it is as accessible. It's just – it's easy to go pop down the river for yeah. a few hours and yeah, jump back sure. to the house. So for sure. Uh, well, last thing you you'd said uh, <clears throat> just in texting conversation or something. Uh, your wife has a closing clothing business or something. What does she no, do? No, she's a um, mental performance coach. Oh, so she's works with business entrepreneurs and some athletes. Okay, yeah, she's really likes the psychology of things, and then after the Olympics and skating she went into uh the mental side of everything so okay. i got a basically a head coach at home yeah which oh is shit. sometimes be good and bad. sometimes it's like i don't need coach page i just need you to listen to me yeah be mad for a minute and we can sort it out later yeah 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 i don't know how i got that confused but uh um yeah i mean well with what she did with how much mental strength it takes to to prepare for something like that for that many years and stuff. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. Does she work with, uh, other rodeo guys at all or yeah. athletes? Or? Yeah, she does uh, a handful of them. Just, yeah. just that kind of just the higher end, you know, top level stuff. She's, do you tell re- those guys like, Hey, here you're talking to the shrink. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> It's honestly all so classified. So, I don't get to hear right. any of it. Doctor or patient. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're not like, hey, give me something yeah, to man. give him. I need to uh, get in his head. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, what did my wife tell you this week? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I, that, I, I think it's awesome. Like, yeah. I think it's awesome that I thought she was, she's like, I had a sports psychologist. Like, I loved working with my sports. Like, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, no, I'm not talking about that shit. Yeah. Like, get, I don't even, yeah. Try to get in my head. And then I think it was like five months later, I was sitting there thinking about something on the buck and shoots before I got on, and it was something we'd talked about. I was like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> She's in there. She's in there. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think it's just such a huge part of being a competitor. And like if you're an athlete performing for a living, like having that something, someone to talk to about your headspace. Uh, granted, I get to live with her, so. That's yeah, I wish easy. I actually knew more about that stuff because, like, I, I tell my 15-year-old son who's, you know, a heck of an athlete, um, <clears throat> but I think one thing right now with, with youth he struggles with is, you know, if he's in a game and makes a mistake, turns a ball over, um, you know, misses a couple shots in a row, you, you can see it start to affect him. And uh, how do you how, – how do you – how do you – how do you just go on to the next play and keep the confidence that that next shot's going to go in and that you always, and it's weird. Cause like I always tell him, you want to have this confidence. Um, but nothing to me is worth than worse than arrogance, but there has to be this, uh, it has to be bordering on that just for your own good. Yep. Um, and it's interesting cause I was telling him the other day when he was going into, uh, open gym basketball, he had struggled a couple days in a row. He's a freshman, and he's probably going to be starting varsity basketball, but he was struggling. And he was like, man, when I'm playing my buddies over here, um, he's like, I I don't miss. Like, I'm hitting three after three, and I'm just crushing them. Um, But when he's in 
open gym and he's playing with the varsity guys, uh, he's like, I just been struggling. And I'm like, yeah, it's because when you're playing your buddies, you know, you're better and you don't care. Right. And you're just shooting. Yeah. It's no big deal. Um, but when you're, when you're in the varsity practice, you're, as you're shooting, you're thinking, should I shoot this? Is the coach going to yell at me? Should I give it to the better player over here? Should I throw it to Eli? Right. And you're doubting yourself. And I was like, you need to shoot that ball. Like you absolutely don't give a shit and play like you don't care, even though you, you, you do care. Right. And he said the next couple open gyms, he was just crushing it. But he said, I just was shooting the ball. Like it didn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It's so, so how do you, how do you play with those mental things in your head? You know, that's, that's a, that's a, that there's, there's a lot that could be learned from somebody that can help coach you through that. And man, if you could have that when you're, you know, early in high school and in your early twenties versus starting to figure it out when you're in your thirties, that'd be good. Exactly. Yeah. The, on that side, I, I try to be as humble and, you know, I'm, I don't know. I've just not, never been a big, like I'm the baddest, like right. type guy. It's never been my persona. Um, but I learned really quick that I can tell myself anything I want. Yep. Keep it between my ears and, Whatever that is, whatever's gonna make me the baddest son of a bitch that day, that's yep. That's what I go with. You yep. know, and the and the more you can I feel like once you have success once, whether it's you make that shot, you know, you catch that pass, you ride that bucker, you can replicate that. Yeah. And when you've done it once, you can do it again. And right. it's just the more and more you do it, the more you dial that into your brain and what you're thinking and how you're feeling. And some people go as far as to, you know, what color socks were they wearing? stuff right. like that you superstitious know? Like, stuff. Yeah. yeah but yeah if you don't if you don't go to the finals in a couple of weeks expecting to win 10 rounds win the average and take it all home then you're in the wrong you're in the wrong headspace like you know it's you know it, it's it's how you should you should feel like you're going down there to win, win round number one well then in round number two wouldn't you be expecting to to win again so like <laughs> no <it>, thirty thousand is <laughs> good for the week. I'll just yeah. I'll ease by these other nine. Yeah. So you're ex- you're you you have to be expecting like if you're expecting the right thing right now, your focus is all round one, and winning that right. Well, it should be also then be round two, right? And so, um, when it does doesn't go right though, and the plan doesn't go to perfection, then it's like how do you put that behind you and and win round three? You know, um, I feel like I'm more looking at it like. All of, in order to do the main goal, which is to just be fifteenth, and then wreak havoc mm-hmm. amongst everybody else mm-hmm. on my way to the top all week, those wins have to happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I'm, I don't feel like I can run my hand in my rigging without winning being the goal in general. Right. You know, like because it's not. I'm not thinking about what the win's gonna pay. Right. What's my win is doing what I've been training to do. Yeah. And I just can't wait to get my dancing partners. No, it's the competitor in you. Like, yeah. I'm just ready to be able to put the ideas to a horse under me. Is that a total draw? Yeah. Is it a draw? All random. And then are you, uh, is is the, the turnout scenario just based on place? So, like, 15th goes out first? So, I... A lot of it, sometimes it has to do with load order. So sometimes we have too many horses going out of the left-hand delivery and less on the right, and they'll kind of mess around. The only thing set in stone, usually the first night they try to go 15 to 1, but mm-hmm. within reason. 
and then for production. And mm-hmm. then uh, every night after that is the top five are the only set. The last, the top five in the world go. Last five. Last five in okay. order. That makes Everybody sense. Everybody else just. Scrambles up. Yeah. I think one year I was like first out. I think I was in, in like seventh place in the world. And I think I went first like four times. Really? <laughs> you know, it's just totally which random. Draw the, that's where that horse loads up. That's just part of the draw. Yeah. You know, and I've won, I think, two out of my five or six go rounds have been first guy out, you know, and out there it doesn't, it's not as important. And you, you said that, I mean, to be at 111 grand or whatever you are on the year, but, but you, you just mentioned it around wins around 30 grand or so. Um, I go to second after the first night. Or what's that? I said I could be second in the world. So is that the, the so is that, I wasn't sure. I didn't. First, second to 15th is really tight. Number one is a mile ahead. Okay. But, but it's that's, possible. It's, yeah, it's, it's possible. possible. Yeah, it is. Um, because I said that earlier in the podcast, and I didn't mean to be disrespectful that like you're probably not going to win the world. No, I mean, I, usually facts, when you usually when you're in fifteenth, it's tough to go all the way yeah, to one. That, that would be a hell of a story. That's what I mean. That's my highlight reel. But but to be to go to seconds sounds like absolutely possible. And I, I've been there on the year. Like I have was it for the year I won second. I think it was twenty seventeen. Tim O'Connell had a hundred thousand dollar lead coming in. We all won. I don't know if I, how much I won. One hundred and fifty grand, and he still had a hundred thousand dollar lead at the end of it. Like he was just, he just kept doing what he was doing. Yep, stayed ahead. And he easily, <clears throat> if he would have messed up, then we're talking an average change in the average money. Yep, because the average pays eighty grand. Yeah, at the very end of it, after you get done winning however much in the rounds, like. It can be done. It's there's just no telling. There's yeah. no foreseeing or doing any of that without putting bad on somebody else. Yeah. I know what I want to do when I get there. Yeah. And I can't wait. Right. That's uh but that for people that don't follow rodeo, that's kinda very clearly shows them like you've you've gone this entire year at hundred and eleven grand and now you have ten rounds at thirty grand laying on the line plus eighty. Yeah, that if here's that's bonkers. If you don't at this point in my life, if I'm not making the NFR, if I'm not capable of making the NFR, if I can't stay competitive, it's not worth it for me to rodeo. Right. For what it takes to do it. Right. That is where, that is how rodeo athletes make yeah. a living. That's actually something I've I've noticed that in the last number of years, um, it's a little bit sad. Uh I've said this, and I don't know that it's totally accurate. I think it's more accurate in, like, roping and barrel racing where you have to haul your horse around. But um, I've said it's kind of become a rich man's sport, and I don't mean that in a absolutely, but, like, holy shit, to have a barrel horse that's competitive and to and to be able to afford to, to run and rodeo and, and actually – ride at the very top or to have uh roping horses because it's tough to just have one roping horse to have roping horses that can compete all summer long and go to the finals and and load up that trailer and live on the road and pay that diesel bill um when you're when you're not one of the top guys like once you've gotten sponsored and you 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 have a little bit of help that's better um but to just get into it yeah if if it's a 19 year old kid downstairs here and he just decides he wants, you know, there's a kid I'm working for me right now that's on the rodeo team here to just go rodeoing. Um, 
holy shit, is that expensive? Yeah. And that's kind of unfortunate. I mean, just the price of diesel alone yeah. and to, to pull your horse all over hell. Um, it's nuts. Man. I, I, I know what it costs for us to do it in just a regular truck and camper or a van, and I couldn't imagine having to tow a big bloomer and feed, how, it. feed it and however many – however many dollars worth of vet horses bills. and vet bills and just attack. Yeah. Like it's, it's not. And then to, you know, you see these guys in Lovington, New Mexico, and then you see them on the plane the next morning and you got a driver driving your horse to Sykes in Missouri because you're borrowing a horse or you sent a horse here last week. Yeah. Like there it is. And there again, the, t- the top people aren't missing calves. I mean, they're again kind of like kind of like with saddle bronc or bareback. Like you, you are expecting the best riders to ride. You're absolutely expecting the best ropers to rope. And now you're 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 fighting over tenths of a second. And you could absolutely lay one on, and have three other people do it and be like, "Holy shit, I only got fourth. Like, yeah. And I borrowed this horse, so I have to split half that money with the guy I borrowed it for. Yeah, like, that's another whole thing. That <laughs> at, the, at the finals, you see the same horse go out in team roping or in steer wrestling. Steer wrestling. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. The same horse will run three or four times. It's yeah. bonkers. They're incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a, it's its own animal. So to like, be, to get into fifteenth, the whole point of all this, like in any of those events, it's a it's an accomplishment. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, and you put everything, including the checkbook, into getting there, and right. that's that's where, not to put more pressure on it, but that's that's where you want to shine. Like that's yeah. that's where it matters, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, it's it. I remember my first year, and they on our jackets they used to put a little star on the cuff every one you made and i think trevor brazil and it's just like a sleeve of them looks like, like the american yeah it's like man that's <laughs> so cool like yeah that's i badass. wonder how many i can get you know and it's i still wear that jacket that's the only one out of all of them that i do wear but it's like when the only one i i only wear the other ones at the finals mm-hmm. and every year it's like man i can't wait to get that jacket and like, yeah that's cool put my gear bag in the locker room and just step out on those buck and shoots like it's it feels just as special as the first time. It's just for different reasons every year. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I appreciate it. Um, got hotter than hell in here. I always, I always forget. I need to turn on the AC when we come in. I'm, I'm a sweater. I so don't know like, if it's, well, so am I. But I don't know if it's the lights or the uh, or what. But it gets hot in this yeah. little room. Uh, good luck down there. Um, proud to see Montana being represented down there. There's always several cowboys from Montana involved. And it's uh, it's really cool. Um, glad you're healthy. And uh, I'll be down there. We're gonna have a booth at uh, the uh, at the um, Hunter's Christmas, Hunter Christmas, Hunter Outdoor Christmas upstairs of the uh, Cowboy Christmas. So that'll be cool. I'll be there a little bit. So yeah, I'll swing by. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, man. Hopefully, you'll forget that I was California was ever part of the topic when, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when Vegas is over. No shit. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, what's by the way? What's uh, what's your Instagram or how, uh, if people want to follow you? Yeah, I think it's Richmond Champion on both Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'm primarily on Instagram though. It's kind yeah. of my main channel. Sure. So I'll keep that updated through the NFR mostly. I'm a little I'm slacking right now. It's a little yeah. quiet, but yeah. I don't have a whole lot going on. Just be sure. baby pictures every day if yeah. I did it now. So yeah. All right. Appreciate it. You bet.